Looking for a vacation that actually feels like a good movie? Well, look no more. With Carnival Cruise Line, it's all up to you. You can kick back or dive right into the fun. Paddleboard in the crystal clear waters of one of Carnival's exclusive destinations, Half Moon Key in the Bahamas. Take an ATV ride through the jungle or just relax on white sandy Caribbean beaches. The fun continues on ship from a ride on Bolt roller coaster to a moment of pure bliss at Cloud Nine Spa. Kick off the evening with a craft cocktail at any of Carnival's dazzling bars and lounges and take your pick of restaurants from surf and turf to family-style Italian. Then settle in for an evening of live entertainment. So pack those bags, but be sure to leave room for a few unforgettable memories because no one does fun like Carnival. Book your dream vacation at Carnival.com. Ships Registry, The Bahamas, and Panama. At Sport Clips Haircuts, they hairdo like no one else hair does. That's because not only is it the home of champion haircuts, but they've also made relaxing and unwinding the name of the game. With the MVP haircut experience, your haircut gets turned up a notch. That's right, because the MVP is more than just a haircut. It's a spa day for your hair follicles. It's a 7 pressure point massaging shampoo along with a perfectly steamed towel all while your favorite sports play on the tv you can want it all and have it all at sport clips it's a game changer did you know that socks tees and underwear are the top requested clothing items in homeless shelters well bombas is helping by creating comfy essentials and donating one item for each one purchased whether that's an arch supporting sock which i have many a buttery soft tee ooh, so good and underwear that feels like nothing which sounds weird but actually is pretty great and why do i love bombas well i'm getting something great but i know i'm also doing something great so when you are ready to get comfy and give back head over to bombas.com bonkers and use the code bonkers for 20 percent off your first purchase Finally, a movie for people who hate glass and mirrors. We saw Shattered, so you know what that means. Now it's time for How did this go big? Gonna have a good time Celebrate some failure Not just be a hater Can't you know you wonder How did this go big? Let's wallow in the mediocrity Of subpar art Perhaps we'll find the answer To the question How did this get made? Hello, people of Earth, and welcome to How Did This Get Made. I'm your host, Paul Shear, a.k.a. Tall John, and today we are talking about Shattered. Now, which Shattered are we talking about? We're talking about the one that came out in 1991, uh, starring Tom Berenger, Greta Sachi, and, of course, the late, great Bob Hoskins. The movie is about a man and a wife who get into a horrible car accident. The man has amnesia, but suspects that something is up. We'll get into all of this, but first, let me welcome my co-host. Please welcome June Diane Rayfield and Jason Manzukas. How are you both? You know, I, I uh, this was a this was a wild ride. This was <laughs> this is the kind of movie that I feel like I would have rented from the video store. Oh my God, I was just gonna say this, Jason. Right? That I would have been like. I bet this is going to be awesome. And I okay. would have been disappointed. <laughs> I well, had such. Even though there was boobs, so I'm sure I would have been excited for well, that. Well, that's what I was thinking when yeah. I saw it. I feel like I, I, I thought to myself, I've definitely seen this with my parents on a oh, couch. Yeah. Yep. Like, uncomfortable. You know, you know like you, when know you would rent like Pacific Heights or, you know, like yeah. all of the thrillers of and this era. And by the era. way, what's so interesting about that is like, I feel that the number, I mean, I know we've talked about thrillers before and I do love a thriller, but the love. number of movies in the 90s, the thrillers about like men kind of figuring out 
who they were. Like I was thinking about regarding Henry, regarding Henry and oh, the yeah. Ritz crackers and him painting, and even like the That's fugitives. That's J.J. Abrams's first script. Oh wow, I loved that movie. That was one of the few movies I, I had think he on wrote VHS it in college. Wow, I had that movie on VHS and watched it like eight million times with Anne Archer, who was incredible in it. Scientologist. Oh, yeah. We did have uh, <laughs> that's a lady of that's a lady that's for the ladies of the eighties podcast. Ann Archer, Bonnie yes. Bedelia, come on, oh, Bonnie Bedelia. Fa- but I, I mean, I just loved I loved all of these movies. Yes, you know, and so this movie felt very familiar. Wolfgang Peterson, who made this movie, made so many of those movies. Is some he made, he did like Air Force One. He did like Harrison Ford movies. He did like the, his presence. He did is, Outbreak, Air Force yes. One, The Boat, uh, The Neverending Story, The Perfect Storm in the Line he of did Fire. The Neverending Troy. Story. Yep. Wow. Uh, I didn't know. Wow. That's Poseidon, I did not know. Yeah. But I will say that uh, Molly did some amazing research and actually put together a list of thrillers in the early 90s that all had like a similar vibe. It was uh, movies like Malice, Deceived, Shattered, Mortal Thoughts. Those all came out in the same year. Then in 92, it was like Consenting Adults, Unlawful Entry, Presumed Innocent. Presumed Innocent is another. That's another one. Yeah, Remember Jagged Edge? Jagged Jagged Edge, Edge, of course. Oh, great. Guilty as Sin, Sleeping with the Enemy, and A Kiss Before Dying. I mean, this this is a time. And I would say like 40% of those movies feature amnesia <laughs> that's oh, what i'm saying like in the this, a, in the 80s and 90s everybody got amnesia it. you didn't you knew you didn't somebody through that decade oh, without you know it's randy's like got COVID amnesia in this decade like you're gonna get it it's but just then, a matter of time <laughs> you're gonna get some amnesia but you also are gonna figure i think what's going on oh, did you hear is, about gary oh yeah <laughs> retrograde amnesia the guy doesn't remember a goddamn thing well in this movie it's called psychogenic amnesia i'll let the movie explain we call that psychogenic amnesia. The patient doesn't know his name, his family, his personal history, everything else he remembers. The year, who's president, he can drive a car, he can function professionally, but anything personal, just out of reach. For how long? Could be a week. I'm gonna have to be honest. Could also be permanent. This movie is, to me, I wrote this down and I don't want to like, look, I know we're talking about all these movies and we love this type of film. But this film in particular is like people paid money to go see this in the theater. Like this was a movie in the theater. Like it Mm -hmm. feels to me so and I, I maybe it's just because of where I'm at now, but like so streaming, it's like it seems made for TV. It doesn't well, feel this is big. the kind of movie that doesn't exist anymore. Like yeah. we don't make these movies anymore, right? The closest I wish we did. The closest we've come, we did it on this show, which was the J Lo movie, The Boy Next Door. You know right. what I mean? I which had which had uh. components of kind of you know uh, these kind of erotic thriller type stuff, but it wasn't even good enough. It wasn't even mm. up to this. Level, These you know? movies were like written by people who are like, I kind of hate my wife. I kind of hate my husband. If oh. only I could kill them or only if I could frame them for murder. Or what if I found out my wife was a murderer? What if I found out my wife was a, you know, this constant like you can tell that in the early 90s, there was a deep resentment of spouses and they were being taken out in these movies. And seemingly the only way to get out of a bad marriage, murder. Oh, 
Murder well, by the way, and a convoluted plot to cover it up. Like there uh, isn't way, like I want a divorce. To, welcome <laughs> to like uh, Dateline. I mean that <laughs> essentially that, Dateline that's your is your catchphrase. <laughs> welcome to Dateline. And honestly, <laughs> you're right, Paul, because we don't have these movies anymore, but we do have Dateline. And I just want to quickly shout out the Dateline podcast oh. because I know that I'm not alone. It's one of the most popular podcasts on. On yes. podcasting. <laughs> no, let me let me just I say love something that you about didn't this. even know how to end that sentence. It's <laughs> one of the so. most popular podcasts on dot dot dot. Uh, and I watched your brain really try and figure out what network. the next <laughs> the you know the TPN the podcasting network. You know, it's the Dak Shepard show, <laughs> then Dateline, or maybe you know they switch spots you'd be back. Surprise, Paul! You'd be surprised. Uh, I, I, it's I, very look, popular. I, I, right I, on by the, the way, podcasting I am, network. I am shocked, and I, I believe you, June. I am shocked, though, because the Dateline podcast, as I've heard many times, because June likes to fall asleep with the phone by the bed on, not in headphones. It's just playing podcasts I by do the that. side of the I bed. I do that as well. Thank you, Jason. Okay. Yes. So as I Except come in. Except I'm playing Harry Potter audiobook. <laughs> oh, interesting. I, yeah, I I'm like a 49 year old asleep. man who falls asleep to stories. <laughs> you should have to come someone to someone reading son's, him a child's story. You should have come Listen. to uh, our son's birthday party or, or his friend's birthday party. They got to make their own potions. I, I, fit okay, right okay. you can tell that friend I'm pissed I wasn't invited. I'll oh tell Sufi God. right now. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> now, I will say that listening to podcasts as you're falling asleep, well, I'm also, I, I can no longer be alone with my own thoughts. It's like not safe. So yes. I do like to have. I like to just have my friends around. You a know, li- Keith a light story of murder. <laughs> I gave June a Keith Morrison ornament for Christmas oh, because I knew, yeah, because I knew how much he means to her. Wow. Just, you know well, what? And if you had asked me, I wouldn't have known who the host of Dateline was. Oh, I, I, oh, do, I would wow. not. I, that's how that's how not in on Dateline I am. Well, there are other correspondents, you know, but Keith but he's is the best. Keith is important. He's the, yeah. the main well, guy. Okay. Here's what I'll say about the Dateline podcast. There's never been a more fuck you energy than Dateline because, yes, they are popular. How popular are they? It feels like someone has gone up to the TV and pressed record and they go, and that's the <laughs> podcast because it is cut as you know a television that's show. Pre- that's why I appreciate it. it. It's, it's like just not, the TV show. They're not show. going in to re-record and lots of times they're like, and as you can see. The yes. next thing happened, and then they'll just cut to sounds, and we can't see. You, you can't know? see. We can't. They cut to commercials that aren't there. It's like, hey, when we get back, Melissa does confront her husband. <laughs> when Melissa confronted Lots her of husband, it's like references <laughs> that you're never gonna get. They're but, not even wow, bridging. So really they're not even bridging just, it. Oh, that's fascinating. But I appreciate it because I'm like Dateline. The show well, is is that's the that's the text. And that's the, hmm. you know, or like that's the the raw material. And so I, I appreciate the commitment to us listeners of like, we know where the source material is and we but know is what it, the it is same and how good thing? it is. If you've watched the episode, are you listening to the same thing as yes. in the podcast episode? It's yes. you're, du- you're doubling up. I'm not always. Du- I don't really catch it on TV. Yeah, okay. I'm more just. Oh, I it. see. Got it. Via podcast, but there's no help. They're, they have not added and re-record recorded extra things. To not help even you an intro, as a listener. No, That's I mean, by the way, it seems to me like the Dateline podcast may put out 400 episodes a year. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, they do. Re- they release every Tuesday, and I am waiting, and I'm ready. And I know people always yell at us about like, oh, you guys don't release our episodes enough, and 
and I get so pissed and I'm like, we don't charge anything for this and blah, blah, blah. But I now understand what it is to be a listener who's waiting for an episode to drop. <laughs> By the way, we drop our episodes on time every week. I'm sure I just we want do. To but I'm just out. saying, like, I I now get why, like, the, you the need fans to lament. Feed. Yeah, yeah, I really do. Cause I'm like, you're out there just checking the podcast network to see if it's updated <laughs> for a new dateline. <laughs> By the way, I will say this too. Uh, the weirdest well, because- thing is when I like drive home and I'm like not ready to get out of the car. You know, because no. I got to find out what happens. And then to just watch your children through a window playing and be listening, listening to, to a Dateline episode. <laughs> Where Jason, she just, looks at me just weird. a murder story. Jason, she looks at me weird because I think that now it's her mind has been poisoned by murderous husbands. It's like I I watched well, one episode where it was. Oh, I'm certain. Like, like I can completely understand June coming into the house, you saying something and her being like, what are you up to? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, even last night when you got when you came home and I just changed my voice just slightly, it really freaked uh, you well, out. I just listened to something that was very unsettling on the drive home. That's why. You should do random weird things, Paul, like that are like, like dig a hole in the backyard and then put it, then cover it back up. (laughs) (sighs) I do want to direct listeners because there's a recent episode of Dateline and then we'll get to this podcast, obviously, but there is a recent. Which could have been an episode of Dateline. (laughs) I mean, it should be. That's true. There is an episode that is just about, uh, it's called Venom and it's about these like snake and exotic animal uh owners, but specifically a man who it appears was killed by a snake. And Mm. then the story unfolds. And let's just say it's a little bit more complicated. Wow. Okay. Well, I I bet he was killed by a snake. All right. I (laughs) I just want to put down some groundwork here uh, for people. Uh, This movie is available on Tubi, our good friend Tubi, but also everywhere else, Amazon and It's also available on not Tubi. Yeah, exactly. So, to be, to and be you can make or the choice. not to be. To be or not to be. You can make yep. that choice. Uh, here's what I will say for us, if you will agree with this. I don't think we should reveal the twist right now. Let's talk a little bit around it until we feel like we want to reveal the twist. Or would you like to go in just going twist on? Uh I well, don't let me care. say this. What's interesting, and I won't reveal it yet, is when you said in the opening, just like logline of the in the opening description of the movie about our main character not being able to look in the mirror. I didn't actually understand that, and now I'm looking back on it, and I'm like, oh, of course, right. Well, uh, by the way, um, I I figured out the twist in the. I was writing a joke. And as I wrote the joke, oh, I was like, that's the fucking twist. Yeah. Did you like, know it, Jason? I did not know I it. I did as well because of oh, wow. because there's a line, there's a line that is that that tips it really um specifically in a way that I thought was clumsy. In a well, way then that let's, I th- let, then let's reveal it. Let's okay. all well, reveal let's, the let's, twist. Let's talk about the movie. Let's talk about the movie right. chronologically. And if it organically arrives, we, okay. we can okay. we can spoil the twist. Suffice it to say, this movie for for the for the almost the entirety of its runtime is presuming one thing, and only in the very final minutes does it have a twist that, Which that opens is- up. Which is ultimately all these movies. I mean, there was a movie yeah. with like Ed Norton uh, about like he was on trial. Like it was always like the third act and ba ba ba. Like yeah. you know, like he was the killer. He was the person. I just thought that this movie opened up 
in such a hilarious way. We talked about falling off the rock face in that Killing Me Softly movie. Here, we watch a Mercedes <laughs> get launched out of a fucking cannon like it is like that mercedes flies out and i was like this, this movie is-, is set in san francisco and there are so many cars launched off of cliffs into fireballs it's incredible like wolfgang peterson loves that it loves oh, yeah. those big special effects thing- moments I mean, and they actually, again, Molly did some great research here and found that they built a custom built gun with compressed gas that can, that uh, that had a thrust of 1,400 pounds, wow. which was able to send a Mercedes 200 feet off a cliff before it oh fell gosh. more than 500 feet. And they had six cameras, uh, several manned by rope secured technicians uh, experienced in climbing rock faces to get into pivotal positions. Wow. And and then they had to have cameras lower down on the cliff to be put in place with their equipment in a heavy-duty helicopter capable of lifting 2,000 pounds to get all this footage. And let me tell you, every bit of that footage is used because they... They show so many flips. It's like a fucking SNL's Toonses the Cat sketch. Yeah. Kakunk, 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 kakunk. And I was like, oh, okay, got it. Kakunk, kakunk, kakunk. It's like, okay, got it. Kakunk, kakunk. And then right after kakunk, 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 they have a flashback to yeah. like we just we just saw it 30 seconds ago. We don't need the flashback of how hard this the car movie fell. is is 40 percent flashbacks. Yes. Oh, my God. percent. Yes. It's 40 percent flashbacks. And I would say 70 percent. Everyone not understanding how to deal with anybody on a human level. These people are monsters. Everybody is like, yeah, everybody's a monster. The Except for doctor? Tom Berenger, who yes. is the character who has amnesia, who is like a tabula rasa, who is yes. like wandering through the movie being like, I, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. what I don't know. At but one it point turns he goes out to- he is kind of a monster. Well, no, no he's not. Not a monster. He's, he's not. An that's innocent. the twist. I'm sorry. You're right. He, the person who he is, take it is, back. Take it is back. Is not a monster. But well, the, they, yes, they, yes, they try but, to make him think the, he's a monster. Yes. So I mean, yes. I mean, we, now we're now we're there. So we might as well. So well, let's start well, at the hospital because yeah, what okay, we great. will find out is so. So Tom Berenger is in that car, and his wife has been thrown out of it, and he is so severely injured that his mate, his face is unrecognizable and like he mangled. looks. I mean, he looks like. A trauma character, like like the Toxic I mean, I Avenger. When I saw it, it, it was it yeah. it's absurd. It made me laugh so hard me because too. What it's was mo- interesting though is that they didn't wrap. Because I think another choice would have been to like wrap him in gauze. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? But they were like, no, no, no. You're gonna see. Ex- you need you actually for the twist to work. You need to see him. <laughs> and, to see, and by right. the way, yeah. but by the way, there is something so crazy though because. He has so many open wounds on his face. Yeah. The fact so that they many. wouldn't wrap him up yes. to just protect the... He's so many literally seeping wounds. So seeping many. wounds. But the, the doctor who wakes up... We see the wife get tossed out of the car and uh, and she kind of rolls. And when the doc, <laughs> the, the woman, the wife <laughs> She's wakes fine. up... She's okay. She's she's, she's minorly injured. She while her he arms in a, a light sling, a yep. very light sling. Uh, the doctor wakes her up. She like literally looks... To me, like she's just woken up out of a coma. We find out later. It seems like only like an hour later or two. Like, like three a couple, hours. She's yeah. in the hospital for like three hours. And and she she wakes up. She like looks at her, looks at him and goes, 
Oh, well, you made it out okay. Luckily, lucky you made it out okay. Wish we could say the same for your husband. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. This woman just <laughs> is waking up from a coma and you're dropping this bu- Like, he, he doesn't even wait to drop that your husband is horribly injured to no, this woman who has not asked. should just be like, how do you feel? Yeah. yeah. Do you have amnesia? You, well, you've is, been in a terrible accident. But, yeah, you know, you're lots here, you're of, alive. Yes. You know, I mean, here's the interesting thing that this movie got my wheels turning and I want kind of Uh-oh. wanted to have your mom on, Paul. Maybe we could call her real quick because okay. I do think one of the things that I... Do you want me to call my mom? I, well, because I want to ask her this question. All right, let's see if I can So, well, just just hold on because I got right. I want to talk it through and then we'll formulate it. Okay. But when... So what we come to find out is that the man in the car, there was an assumption from this doctor mm-hmm. that he was her husband. Mm-hmm. He was not. He was her lover. Who well, there we go. That's, been, that's, this the, twist, is the, that's okay? the twist. Yes. Now, what then happens is this man is so mangled when they start his recovery and plastic surgery because he's unrecognizable. She provides a photo of her husband. Right. Okay. So he is then um, reconstructed to look like her husband. Now, my question for your mom and like the healthcare system is, do you have to do any identification? Like, can you just start? Like, had they fingerprinted him, they would yeah, have figured out. Immediately. Like, that's the thing. Like, Joanne Wally Kilmer's character realizes it's not him because his hands are different. You that, know, right. Well, yeah, you're right. And the, and then, you know, just in terms of blood type and all yep. of the medical questions. And that's what I want to ask your mom about. Like, are there any protocols in place? I'm the movie skips over a lot of that stuff because, like, then it falls apart. Right. Re, well, you know, I mean, the fact that their maybe, voices. Maybe not. Maybe you could voices. just be like, this is my husband. Well, by the way, this is how, this is how I figured out the twist. Because at one point, Tom Berenger, Tabula Rasa, uh, Tom Berenger, who is recovering from amnesia, uh, is in his office trying to like re put together his life. And he finds um, a roll of like negatives, like film negatives. And in the role of negatives, he's examining them and he sees his wife having sex with, with somebody else, yeah. with somebody else. And so as he's looking in, in, like every frame is getting a clear picture of that's definitely his wife and that's not him. Who is it? And then they reveal who it is. And I wrote down, she having sex with Tom Berenger's stunt double? Yeah. And I was yes. like, because they look so exactly. alike. They look and then I was like, oh, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> like, because like they needed him to look enough alike Tom Berenger so you could buy the twist. But yeah. they looked too, like, he really does look like the stunt double of Tom Berenger. It's like actually it, interesting. I think it would have worked a little better. The movie would have looked worked a little better if they didn't look so similar. I, I know, agree. but I think it would have been. I agree, it would have been a bigger surprise. But I think they did it because he couldn't have blonde been, hair. It, it could have been done right it, because it, his you hair could have made that guy yeah. look kind of like Tom Berenger. I think they needed to have the same hair. And by the way, yeah. hair in this movie is amazing. There's a great wig moment in this movie. Oh. But uh, by the way, when they are operating on him extensive plastic surgery on this man's face. Uh, and, you know, they're looking at the his nose and they're doing everything right. Uh, <laughs> there is, there, <laughs> the operating rooms are so dark. They're like, <laughs> they are, like, they are operating by candlelight. This is like a, a scene it's from the like Nick. the Nick. Yeah. 
So can you just call your mom quickly, see okay. if she'll pick up, and just ask her this. Just say, a person comes into the hospital. Let, let, okay, hold on. Co- gonna, uh, well, completely you, mangled. You, no, yes, can okay. you please ask her, babe? All right, please. All right. If someone came into a hospital with a disfigured face, and like, say I approached you, I came into a hospital, June and I were in a, a car accident, and her face was disfigured. And I said, that's my wife. And they said, like, we need to do plastic surgery on her. <laughs> and I gave pictures of June to the plastic surgeon to help reconstruct her face. Would they just do it? Or would they need to verify that that is definitely June? And I'm not having them do different plastic surgery, like of the different face of someone. You look like someone else. I'm not. Yeah. Okay. So here's the way it would work. If you came in um, following an accident, then you would have an ambulance driver that had picked up and they would have looked at identification. If her face was so disfigured, but she was cognitively able to make her own healthcare decisions, she would have to sign her own healthcare consent form and she would uh, identify herself as June or whomever. And you would have identification. If she had no identification, that presents a problem. We would probably say to you, go home and bring back some identification. Um, Unless it was an emergency, if it was an emergency, they would just take her to the operating room and do the best that they could. And now two questions here. If she is in a coma... And can't right. answer those questions. They could maybe fat like would they or 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 she had amnesia. Would it, like I guess we're trying to figure out what plot point of this movie. If she had amnesia and she couldn't remember who she was, it would still go back to ID. Yeah, you'd have to. Somebody would have to bring in first of all an evaluation from a psychiatrist okay. that she actually has amnesia and how you know uh, this. Soon, in other words, within the like, let's say the last two two weeks to a month, and that during that period of time, you might have gone to work, uh, might have gone to court, and you obtained guardianship, or in the process of becoming her guardian, or you had paperwork from an attorney identifying who you were and who she was, etc., so that they could go ahead. <laughs> okay, this is fascinating and really helps us with this movie that we're talking about, and I appreciate your expertise. Thank you so. <laughs> much okay. all right bye. all right bye so what my mom said was <laughs> the ambulance driver would look for id so she would see the id of the person now in this scenario she could have swapped ids very easily because she might have had her husband's id from when sure she dumped him in or the boat. what if there is no ID? Well, we thought, we thought it was interesting that you chose to represent it as what if you and June were in an accident? You wanted to reconstruct June, not the as opposite as is shattered. I just needed to put it in a personal uh, <laughs> moment so she could understand the stakes that we're talking about. So she said to me that ID is very important. Uh, if the person couldn't speak and they were incredibly damaged... Uh, that they would rush them to the ER and do the best that they could. But it wouldn't be about recreating to a face necessarily as much as it would be fixing what they could get done. But it would be about ID. And then I said, what about amnesia? And she said that for amnesia to be a viable part of this, the person would have to have gone through a court system and you'd have to be legally given guardianship 
of the person to make those decisions for your person that you are. You you asked her, what are those forms and how can I get them? And I did yeah. I have Do her sending the, them. I, Is it a PDF? I have her sending me uh, a, a DocuSign. DocuSign. So I'm going to take a look at that and just do that right now. like a Dateline episode. <laughs> <laughs> how did this get made? We'll be going to the UK in March and April. Not just the UK. We're also going to Ireland. And you know what? I am excited to go overseas, but I realized that while I'm spending money over there, I could actually be making some money on the side over here by hosting my place. Now, let me tell you about hosting your place. It's something that you can do. It's available for everyone. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Now, many people uh, host on Airbnb, but there are people who have never thought about it or didn't realize that their space could even be an Airbnb. I mean, hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's the thing, people. Walmart Plus is the membership that saves you time and money on the stuff you'd expect, but also on the stuff you don't. Let me explain. Did you know with your Walmart Plus membership, you can save money on gas? Yeah, save gas while you drive the kiddos to soccer practice. Plus, visit your in-laws. Plus, venture into the wilderness. Plus, wherever you want to go. Because Walmart Plus also saves you time and money with free delivery. Perfect for ordering new remote batteries or coffee when somebody finishes it without telling you. And then, you know, it's all your snacks that you have stored in the back of that pantry for movie night. How dare they? Plus, you can actually even save on the actual movies with a Paramount Plus subscription. Stream Top Gun Maverick plus Mean Girls plus Jack Reacher plus so much more because savings is what this whole Walmart Plus membership is all about anyways. Members save on gas plus free delivery plus Paramount Plus, plus so much more. Start a free 30-day trial at www.walmartplus.com. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions, $35 order minimum, Paramount Plus essential plan only, separate registration required. Do you know when Crystal Pepsi was discontinued? What was in Al Capone's vault? Or which famous meteorologist is Lenny Kravitz's second cousin? If not, then you haven't spent enough time on Wikipedia. But that's okay, because you can learn it all on the new podcast, WikiHole, from Smartless Media. Discover the craziest rabbit holes on Wikipedia with host Darcy Carden and her favorite comedian friends as they bring the cyber frontier directly to your tympanic membrane. And if you listen to WikiHole, you'd learn that's the sciencey term for eardrum. WikiHole is a hyperlink roller coaster starting out on one Wikipedia page and then going from link to link to link to link, careening through trivia, oddities, and unexpected connections until everyone wonders... How the hell did we get here? Follow Wikihole on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Wikihole ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. You know, by the way, I do think this is, here's a couple things that I think are coming out of this that actually are important and maybe important for all of us to listen to. I don't carry my ID on me at all times. Sure. June, you barely are able to keep your wallet unlost for more than two months. <laughs> I know. I have trouble keeping those things together. So, so much so that you take my keys and then my keys go lost for a, <laughs> a long period of time. That's right. 
Now, Paul would ne- remember when you, you literally, I don't think have forgiven me for when I lost the keys to your rental car and we couldn't return it. Yes. Oh, what I did rented- you have to okay. do? Oh, Jason. All right. So let me just paint the picture here. I, Are you still renting the car? Well, I rented a car. Uh, we because my car is in the shop. to buy it. It was so. We've been well, renting a car for eleven years. We rented a car, and it's June says to in me, a garage "My wonderful, in New my wonderful wife says to me, she says, I'm going to get us coffee.' So I said, "Great." She said, "I'll take the rental car." I said, "Perfect." That's what was so. Confusing. She goes down the block. The co- truly, it goes truly. down to the coffee store, down the block, and then Stop. I get a call. <laughs> Five minutes later, and she says, I lost the rental keys. I can't get back in the car. I'm like, wait, wait, what do you mean you lost the rental keys? You you, you just left. You just drove there. You just got out. What happened? It, oh, my God. Like, I, I so lost upsetting. them. And I'm like, what do you, have you looked around the parking lot? Yes. They're nowhere. So the, the, the car was everywhere. sitting in the coffee store's parking lot, unable to. Yeah. To be accessed. And it was one of those things. And this is an issue I have with rental car companies. They put both keys on the same thing. And you can't separate them. You can't separate them. So it's like you're going to lose both keys. Yeah. If you're going to lose them. You're gonna lose them, and the and the and the keys were not in the car. She just locked the keys in the the car. car? No, they were lost. They were were never found. They were a big chunky, like you know, Hertz (laughs) rental car. Like it wasn't like. What did you have to do? There was a lot of paperwork to fill out, and uh, like, did they have to come and tow it away? Uh, Well, at a certain point, Hertz. I mean, did they have? Well, we released. Our our liability was released. I believe that uh, it's one of those moments where I was very thankful that I took out the insurance because it was like, hey, we lost the oh keys to the God. car. And they're like, well, you have the insurance. And it's like, that's it. Don't worry about it. We got it from here. So, where is it wow, parked? that's an interesting. Yeah, I guess that's for you guys knowing that that is like a regular part of your lives, losing keys. The insurance makes sense. Anyway. Right, so anyway, so my mom. The is, movie. So my mom is posited <laughs> that it would be impossible. But if the damage was so severe, they could have rushed him into surgery. Now, what I'm realizing is I thought that because I figured out the twist early on that Greta Sachi had planned this entire thing ahead of time but it seems to no, me I she too. was running like she was going Ooh, on the she fly she was making some game yeah. time decisions and they were life changing and like, by the way yeah. she got really close to pulling it off for sure really and now close. I look you know? back and I'm like I kind of blame that doctor well, because they rushed. Okay. They they rushed to make some choices. And look, a couple times in this he movie. He made some assumptions even that that was her husband. Sure. I mean, well, you're right. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, like, he, he was wrong. He he should have gone a he little bit farther. He, yes, yeah. exactly. You know. There was the pa- the passenger you were with. Why would he assume that that was her husband? Well, well there was, because- a, and there was, there was a lot of confusion in the, because everybody, it turns out everybody's cheating with other people in the movie. Well, yeah, I mean, you this know, is cause the other, Tom yeah. Berenger's character is also having an affair with Corbin Burnson's wife played by uh, Joanne Wally Kilmer. Can we just expand our grouping of friends? Everyone's fucking each other's wives. It just seems yes. like it's going to be bound for, uh, for, uh, issues. And, that, I, and I, listen, the rich people in the nineties and the early nineties, like that was in that San was Francisco, thing. bro. In San 
Francisco. Mm, gotta get Frisco? in there. Come I gotta, on. I gotta Frisco, have Corbin no Brinson's wife. Choice. By the way, is this a prequel to Major League? I was wondering about, or maybe it's a, a postquel. Yeah. What was the one with John Lithgow that I think was also set in San Francisco? Oh, that, like was, a, oh. that there's was a Denzel a, Washington one where he gives him uh, there's herpes. Pacific Heights, which is San Francisco. That's Every, Michael Keaton. A lot of San Francisco and, was in. A lot of erotic thrillers were set in San Francisco. Which is interesting because this buildings, is San Francisco penises. before like the tech boom. Exactly. Yeah. This so is like, pre what was, what, Silicon what was Valley. Going on in Marina San work. Mar- this is another one of those weird professions in a movie. They were in Marina. They were in the marina business so much so that when Tom well, Berenger no, they goes, were building, no, they were building like uh, condos and uh, they yes. were building on the wa- on the okay. marina. They were okay, using that so, was like their site that they were gonna. Okay, so um, they were they were a building place. They were a build. Yeah, they were they, like I don't know developers. Basically. Okay, they were what, developers, but they Paul is right that they this was such a weird fucking thing that they had this boat. Yes, that was housing all of their toxic like, material, toxic waste boat that they keep wading through. Yes. I was like, oh, why would you wade through the toxic wastewater? And at certain points, they're covering their nose like the smell is so bad, but the final act, everyone's not covering their well, face at all. Bob Hoskins goes under this. I want to, oh, also, oh, I want I a, to a PSA about. needs to happen here. Bob, Bob Hoskins goes underwater. He's repeatedly using an asthma inhaler throughout the movie. Bob Hoskins, he, a British New Yorker. Yes. So this accent, which you get like insane moments like this. You see, Mr. Murray, my guess is that you killed him. The night I sent you the pictures, the night you had the accident. My guess is your wife's been covering up for you all along. And my guess is Jenny Scott somehow put the pieces together was threatening to go to the cops. I didn't kill Jenny. What about Stanton? Maybe I did. Maybe that's the block that the doctors are talking about. Maybe I'm a raving psychopath, but I can't remember. So good. But he um, he goes underwater and he's shot. He goes underwater. He seems to drown. Okay. Yes. And then he he's underwater arrives. for a long time. He, he's underwater for so long. Then he arrives, Deus Ex Machina style, to save the day, to save uh, not Tom Berenger, Tom Berenger's life. And he said, and he's like, "How did you survive?" And he's like, I, "You know what? I had my own." supply and he holds up his asthma inhaler as if it's a scuba tank that provides well, right. oxygen that allowed him to breathe underwater and that is not how an asthma inhaler works. And You're listen, not as getting... somebody who uses an asthma inhaler. Same. Okay, like it doesn't it there's no oxygen in there. It's no, it's it's a it's a it's a medication. It's yes. a, usually a bronchodilator yeah. which is Just opening up, up your airway. Which would That's make right. him actually more susceptible I think to dying. Yes. Uh, yeah. But by the way, he was also he's also shot in the arm. His re- like his ability to get back in the game is quick. He gets shot, he goes underwater, he almost drowns, he gets out of the boat, he gets himself repaired, gets in a hell. By the way, the cops are like, come with us, we need you in the helicopter too. I have no idea why he's in the helicopter at the end. I mean, oh, it's like the police helicopter must go and pick him up, and 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 um, Tom Berenger and Greta Scotty have or Scotchy or whatever have only driven just up the hill a bit. Well, like, I mean, so much has happened in Bob Hoskins's timeline compared to what's happened in theirs. And by the way, can I just say something about this movie? The lax nature of this movie in 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 their laws, because first of all. They were drunk driving. At no oh. point does anyone 
hold them accountable. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. Well, you were driving because it's New Year's. You were drunk. I mean, of course. Like it's like that. There's no they, judgment there's no on cri- it. There's no there's crime. There's no judgment there. on it. It's just fact. And, and when Tom Berenger gets out of the hospital, the first scene that we see of them them driving back into San Francisco, and he is clearly out of his seat without a fucking seatbelt on kissing Greta. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you just got into a just horrible right. car accident. Put the seat seatbelt on. Also, seat you have on. amnesia. He seems he goes to the office. He's trying to do work. The <laughs> guy you have and that would that would destroy you. Yeah, I this feel is like. the you thing. Would be in- These people like Corbin Burns and his best friend is like, let me go talk to Jack in the other room. He goes, all right, Jack, we got to talk about this marina. It's like <laughs> this man. <laughs> He's, he has, has no amnesia. idea what's happening. He doesn't know and who you Corbin are. Corbin Burnson's like, you've been doing some pretty good work in here. What, what work? So what's funny. he been doing? He, well, he's also the thing that I had to, at the end, look back and think, which was, did Jack always kind of want this man's life? I think well, that Jack wanted him to, I think he wanted to edge him out of the business because he knew he was fucking his wife. Oh, you, you mean Corbin they, Burnson? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I think that Corbin Burnson wanted oh, to I'm edge sorry. him out. I'm talking about what's oh, the name of the no, guy? No, no, you're right. You're right. Jack. Um, oh, Jack Stanton. Jack Stanton. Oh, yes. Jack, Jack Stanton, Stanton is. Okay. So, Greta no, Sachi. I think Jack Stanton w- just wanted to be with um, Tom Berenger's wife. Well, that's interesting because then Jack Stanton is kind of a savant. Like, how was he able to do this? That's high what level I was going to say. Yes. <laughs> like, he's going to the office. He's doing some work that Corbin Burnson is impressed I, by. I, this guy is a, like a fake. He's not by the really way, Tom Berenger. What did Jack Stanton do in his own life? Just he's successful because he drives a Porsche, but we don't Obviously. know. Maybe he's like a sugar, like maybe he's like uh, like a, a, a side guy, like just mm. wealthy women, like give him money to like a midnight cowboy. Uh, you know, he's huh. just sort of a, but there is something about. I wonder, I, we never did get information about Jack Stanton's like actual no. life. Like, no. And that's like, well, I wish this movie somebody, had explored a little bit. Like, who's Jack Stanton's family? Anybody? No, well, I guess not. He literally. Nobody's looking for him. He, he, well, he sends a fax. I got that job in Japan to whom? Did he to send Paul, that to someone named Paul? To Paul, to his, we don't boss, know his boss. To his it, boss at whatever business he worked at. Well, then my question is, okay, to you. Oh, I got it. I, <laughs> you know what? I should have returned that fax. The, the, oh. oh, oh, wait. The fax machine moment when that is revealed that there was a Holy fax shit. sent from his office. Yeah. Tom Berenger, who's already been breaking mirrors and glass throughout the whole movie. Picks up this fax machine that is the only bit of clue and information that they have that something is up, takes it, lifts it over his head, and then throws it out of a window of a skyscraper, which is, again, so dangerous. That window breaks open easily. They show that it just crashes like on a lower level landing. But still, yeah, why why the anger on the fax machine? Why the anger on the fax machine? (laughs) Well, here's the thing. This is what I really didn't understand. If I'm if I'm this woman and I know that I killed my husband and that my lover I've I've replaced I've changed my lover's face so that I can be protected and so that we can be together. I guess I just didn't understand why she wouldn't tell him. Like, why go through witnessing him trying to understand who he is and take that risk? Why let him invite him in? Why? Well, so what what you're asking is really interesting because it's a it's a kind of a central flaw of the movie. But it but the movie wouldn't exist without it, which is. 
she is trying to convince him that he's Tom Berenger. Right. But it must be terrified if his memories were to return, he would remember he is Jack Stanton. What she should be doing is saying, you're Jack Stanton, and trying to get him to remember their love and their relationship. And right. The, but the, the but thing, she would have to reveal that she's correct. a murderer because correct. she shot her husband, Greta Sachi, shot sense though. Like that's the thing. He was he, he. It seemed like he was going to kill her. Yeah, mm. no, he's he's really being. It, he's do being, we know he, that Tom Berenger is a bad guy? I guess that's the question. Do we yes. know? Okay, he is a bad guy. We do, we do. Yeah, it's 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 kind of stated a couple of times, and then it's shown in one of the flashbacks. He's okay. like a he's a he's a real piece of shit, which right. helps you understand why Corbin Burnson and Joanne Wally Kilmer and all those people were like, oh yeah, you were a shitty husband. You were a bad guy. Yeah. You were this. You but were that. Joanne you know? Wally Kilmer's having an affair with him, so she couldn't think he's that shitty because they were going to get yeah. married and run away they were in they were in love but the thing that jack stanton says to uh greta scotchy in the car is we i we i i'm not gonna do this we gotta go to the police i have to tell the police you know and that's That's when like he's definitively like i'm not going to help you get away with this right and that's when she drives him off the road correct and and so i think that what she's trying to do because she's such a liar because we've set that up too that greta sachi is like a big time liar and that she's always making up stories that I think that she thought she could have her cake and eat it too, which is I could I can remake the husband that I want with the great sex that makes me think I'm crashing waves, which I found to be a very odd representation of sex. Crashing like, waves and breaking glass. Yeah, so bizarre. So, uh, but she didn't, she uh, didn't realize that Jack would get suspicious. And as it's revealed here, I saw both you go in that hotel. You saw me go in. I got changed, and then I went out the back door where I had the Porsche parked. You dress up like Stanton, and you almost killed me. Now you're telling me that I killed Stanton. Wait a minute. Before the accident, that's what you said? Yeah. (laughs) Fucking liar! Jack Stanton was alive and well and in my office sending a fax five hours after the accident. That was me! I sent the fax to make believe Stanton was still alive. Why do you think I checked out of the hospital so goddamn fast to start covering for you? But then you brought back Klein. Don't you see? You hired someone to find out that you're a murderer. You hired somebody to send you to the gas chamber. That's right. He hired a PI to find out that he like he hired a PI and this unravels the whole thing. Bob Hoskins, really the hero of the story. And and a great character. You know what I mean? Like he owns a pet store, but he's a private investigator. Like I loved all of this character work cuz everybody else is so like, you know, oh, we work in a skyscraper, we drive Porsches, <laughs> blah blah blah. He's a real like street level down and dirty kind of like, yeah, I'm a PI. I drive this car. I I work I got I, I kiss a snake like it's really, I really liked him. But how did, right, so then, so then in this world, Tom Berenger hired him. So Tom Berenger found him. Uh, yes. God knows how to find, to get information. All right. So I just want to lay out the plot. Tom Berenger hires a private eye to, to get definitive proof that his wife is cheating on him because he wants to leave his wife and marry Corbin Burnson's wife. No, I don't think so. Okay, but he's definitely getting information on her because why? 
Well, I think because I think he, he suspects she's those, cheating on him. Yeah, and he saw those photos and stuff, but I don't think that he. But those photos, no, no, the original. He's the talking ori- about the original, the real Tom, the real um, Tom Berenger, the real Tom Berenger, not the. <gasps> That's the what I'm Tom saying. Berenger so the real who hires. Yeah, the, real t- um, the Tom Berenger who shot in the past. I'm so, sorry. Yeah, so the original Tom Berenger who is dead or in that tank in the toxic waste and seemingly is doing fine. Like his body is well, they, preserved. Todd Bob Hoskins says, little did they know it was formaldehyde, so it's going to keep, it's going to preserve. <laughs> it's not going to break down. <laughs> the formaldehyde boat. Uh, like I love it that, that. Oh, you know, the old formaldehyde boat that's good. That's uh, that's uh, sinking off the coast. Why would formaldehyde be in their materials? Even? Who knows? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that much of it. I mean, the fact I that they had know. to dub this man's voice. So basically we also are saying that Jack, Jack Stanton and Tom Berenger both had the same voice and they looked alike. So it's also like she definitely had a type. But I believe that he was trying to get her out of the picture by proving that she was cheating on him. But then he comes home on New Year's Eve and he's like, you bitch, you bitch, you're cheating on me. So he just saw the pictures. He confronts her about the pictures. Mm-hmm. And then she calls Jack Stanton, who was at Corbin Burnson's party. But they didn't seem like, were they at Corbin Brinson's party too? No, I think he was at, didn't he say he was at the Hacienda or the hotel? <sighs> the Hacienda. But Corbin yeah, he was at but, the Hacienda. But Jack Stanton was at the party because when they cut to him, he's on the, he's the, the backdrop. is starting to feel a little insane. I, I, I'm not sure. I don't think he's at Corbin Brinson's party though. You don't think so? I thought I that don't that's, think so. okay. So the Hacienda is having a big party. Then maybe that's I what it is. I assume he's, because okay. it's New Year's Eve. Got it. Okay. Regardless, and it's we know New it's Year's New Year's Eve. Eve because in the date book, uh, in the date book, uh, Tom Berenger writes, "Remember to get champagne yeah. for New Year's Eve." <laughs> 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 Remember to get champagne. So he's mad at his wife for cheating on him. So he's confronting her. She shoots him. So basically, she shoots him because he's mad at her because she's cheating. But I think that, like, I think, it's, I think what you're meant to believe, I believe, is that she shot him. A little too quickly. And that's why Jack Stanton is not a little too quickly, (laughs) because I think I I think hold on. Well, my thought is this. And I think this is the crux of the movie (laughs) is that too quickly. I think that I think that Tom Berenger is yelling at her and screaming at her. And he's like, I ought to against the he throws uh, her into the night table. He slaps her. He's okay. confronting, and they're, they talk <laughs> okay, about Okay, all right, the, so my, my theory falls apart. I forgot And the Corbin Burnson dinner How party scene. How damaged would you like her to be? Unrecognizable? Well, but, Until wow. she picks up a gun and tries but, to defend herself? Well, she, but, but why didn't Jack Stanton go, well, he was attacking you. I got your back. Like, let's, let's well, figure this. Yeah, She's like, her immediate her thing defense. is like, her immediate thing is, let's, let's bury him in the boat. <laughs> because if they don't crash, there's no plan. Right, the boat. Like, what's the plan if they don't crash the car? That's the yeah. That's the question. Is they get rid of the body, but Jack Stanton is still saying we got to call the police. I got to go right. to the police. I can't do this. But and why, what, what yeah. I couldn't figure out was Tom Berenger seemed to be an abusive, like uh, a, a nasty character. So why not call the police and say it was self defense? Well, that's what like, I'm saying. That's it, what it, I can't. Well, that's like that's the issue that I'm trying to like, get to the Even Jack crux Stanton of. would probably back her up, you know, well, that's from like what that, he saw. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like he was attacking her. I walked in on it. She shot him. I was here. I saw the whole thing. But he doesn't do that. Instead, he helps her hide the body. And at that point, he's like, we got to like there are so many like this is the craziest moment, because even if he went along, say he goes along with the plan. Well, yes, we're going to hide the body. Let's go to the ship. Let's go hide the body. They hide the body in the ship. 
Then the plan is what? He's just disappeared? Well, the movie would make sense if it was like, okay, then, you know, we're going to get you in an accident. We're going to make you look like him. Right. And then yes. Jack Stanton will die. And, and we have all this money that we're going to, you sell and the you, business. Yes, you will be rich. I will, we will, mm. and we will live happily ever after. That would seem to be like a plan they both would have. So the, the the fact that it is they are in disagreement and then the disagreement turns into a tussle and then they drive off the edge. Uh, she seems to be making the plan up as she goes. Mm. Very much so. I mean, what do you think that the party guests at the Hacienda must have thought when she walked in with her Jack Stanton wig on. Yes, and leather jacket. And leather jacket and walked through the lobby and I guess back <laughs> out, back, the, back out the back door. Well, she walked I mean, in the lobby. She was flailing she, about. She was in a free fall this entire time. We didn't know it, but she was freaking the fuck out. I wish the movie had been told from her point of view. I wish there was a sequel that was just told from her point because of view. Because she walks in. She walks in to... Huh. She walks into the hacienda as herself, I guess rents a room, quickly changes, and then walks out through the back door with that wig, which is a great looking wig. And uh, I mean, when she takes off that wig, it is uh, a, what a well, great reveal. But then she comes back in with the wig on. Yes, she goes back into the house with the wig on. But here's my question, too. When she said, I- I'm Jack Stanton, I'm calling you. She doesn't immediately think it's like Paul or somebody else trying to black. Like, does she think that someone's trying to blackmail or does she think that they didn't do the job? Because she knows. No, she knows. No, she did no, that on purpose. She's doing Paul. that on purpose. To throw him off and the private okay. investigator. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 Oh, okay. Geez, wow. Okay. Now I'm getting yeah, a lot of it. We're getting a little shattered. <laughs> <laughs> How did this get made is sponsored by. Squarespace. That's right. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your terms. Now, let me tell you this. Now they have this Fluid Engine, which is a next-generation website design system where you can just drag and drop. It's so easy. It's so fun. Plus, they have this asset library so you can merge all your files from one central hub. I love it so much. Now, let me tell you. I talk about their customer support. I had an issue. Something went wrong. And not only did they get back to me in a timely fashion, but they solved my problem and Squarespace passed the Paul Shear test. All right, so you could check out my website with a very new feature. That's right, an exclusive feature that allows you access to Paul Shear's childhood. If you bought my book, you can sign up for that and you can get videos and pictures and all this kind of cool stuff. I built that on Squarespace. Check it all out. I love Squarespace. You will too. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash bonkers to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. The big game, big mods, first date or first big break kit. Binge that new show, or binge install vids. When you're a real car lover, the choice is obvious. With over 122 million parts to fit your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, turbochargers, LED headlights, exhaust kits, bumpers, roof racks, and engines. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has all the parts you need for the ride you love. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Philo. I love Philo because Philo remembers 
when cable TV was affordable. Yes, Philo is the perfect thing for people who love TV and love saving money, which is me, which is you, which is everyone. Philo wants to be your TV solution. They have shows, movies, live TV, all of that for just 25 bucks a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial, no contracts, no commitments, no hassle, just a better way to watch TV. They have an unlimited DVR for one year. Plus, you can have multiple profiles and multiple streams. They've got movies on there like Kill Bill, Love Actually, Twilight, and you're never going to miss a minute of your favorite shows like Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, Friends, Golden Girls, SpongeBob, whatever you want. There's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. Try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash bonkers. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash bonkers to get 50% off your first month. I will say that there's a great quote from Greta Sachi. Uh, I guess, you know, she she said, you know, she had a breakthrough role in Heat and Dust, and she kind of earned a reputation for being relaxed about on-screen nudity because um, she has been naked in a handful of movies. And she said, with this movie, I just kind of reached my max. There I was in missionary position with like the sixth famous actor in six months on top of me. It was like Harrison Ford, Vincent D'Onofrio, Jimmy Smith, now Tom Berenger. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and so that was the end. And she was like, I'm done. I'm done being naked on screen. This movie broke her. Oh. Wow. I, and I'll, I, just because I'm sure people have been screaming at us, I looked it up. It is Greta Skocky. Skocky. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So I just thought that was a funny quote from her to be like, yeah. she just got in this rut of just like, who is this man on top yeah. of me again? Like, no, ugh, thanks. No, thank you. Well, and that's the thing is like all of these erotic thrillers, like they had sex scenes in them and they had like we watched. What did we watch? Jade? Yeah. We did? Well, yeah. 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 Which um, is similar to this. Yeah. Which has mm. similar vibes and similar like powerful men being terrible to women and. And all of the rest, you know, um, and this one is and they all somehow are set in San Francisco. And here's which the other is thing. Very strange. I'm just going to say that San Francisco obviously known for its very interesting streets and architecture and like and and from a car standpoint, a great place <laughs> for a car chase. Oh, that's where do true. they where do they do a chase side drives? You know, like it's pretty. Right. But where do they do their car chase in this? In the Redwood Forest. Like, there is, like, a Porsche jumping over bushes. <laughs> like, yeah. they, are, they are doing a two-person car chase in the forest. Like, it looks like out of something out of Return of the Jedi. Uh, like, just running around through Redwoods. It's so weird. Uh, and then she also shoots at him and then explains that away. Is like, well, I didn't mean, I wasn't going to really shoot She's at you. She's trying to scare him. Just trying to scare well, you. Well, here... <sighs> Is Sleeping with the Enemy also in This is all in the same little zone, yeah. I don't know oh, if it's I, San Francisco. Oh, okay. I think it, I feel I like that might be like the Pacific scene. Northwest or something. Okay. I feel like everyone's leaving San Francisco or going to, yeah, uh, you know, uh, San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, my gosh. Mm. I, I will say that this movie gets a B-plus audience score. I'm going to say something. We haven't really talked about it, but I... Yeah, Sleeping with the Enemy, Cape Cod to Iowa. Okay. Oh, okay. I did not hate this movie. No, at all. I liked it. No, and no. I, I enjoyed the watch. So I, you know, I don't know if I actually, enjoyed it like as a film, film, or I enjoyed it for this. But it was like of all the movies that we watch, it was 
there was an energy, there's a pulse to it that was different that it I enjoyed. It made me nostalgic for I, the movies of this time. That's literally what I was just going to say. I was like, I, I don't know that I enjoyed this as much as it triggered an, an enjoyable nostalgia. Yeah, like I actually think tonight I might want to watch Sleeping with the Enemy. Well, like I'll, there are I'll better movies yes. in this. In the, there are better movies in this um, category. We named a handful: uh, Jagged, of them. Jagged Edge, Edge, Body Heat, um, that are so good and that are so fantastic that this is just an echo of those, and yeah. still, still is fun to watch. But this movie, really, unless you figure out. Or until you figure, until you are told the twist, the movie is purposefully confusing. Yes, well, you know it, what I mean. Yes. It is. It is That's constantly right. trying to confuse you so that you won't figure it out, and, which and, at times is annoying. And well, they basically are like, "She's a liar. He's abusive. You're having <laughs> like, an affair. Your hands are different. You're over here. You're wearing a wig. We're going over here. I missed took that. You're here. Like I have an accent. I'm a New Yorker. I'm wearing such a New York hat, but I have a British accent. What? Like there's I, yeah. like that New Yorker accent. I still can't get over. It's yeah. I mean, like he, you know, Bob Hoskins, the master of accents, as we saw in Mario Super Mario. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, my favorite was when Tom Berenger goes to the office for the first time. He, again, has full-blown amnesia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his assistant brings him coffee, and she says, you know, um, coffee with uh, Too Splenda, or whatever she says. I can't remember. Too Sweet yeah. and Low. Uh, something like that. And he goes, hey, did you and me ever go to the Hacienda Hotel? When he He's says that. asking his assistant if they had an affair upon his return to the office with amnesia. He's like, I just need to get up to speed because I have amnesia. Um, did we have an affair? Uh, when, when when he said that to her, by the way, I wanted to call it that assistant. The look on her face is like, buddy, no. I loved her, by the way. I She's loved great. her. with her hair. I, I wish more women, more white ladies wore their Full curls, like yeah, that's they're, they're not, Carol Kane curls. I just we don't see that anymore. No, you but know, I will we're say this: just not seeing it. I, I will say this, and this is I'm going to put on the shoulders of Wolfgang Peterson. They made her give so many weird glances, and like you felt like at one point she was going to say. I got to tell you the truth. This is what's going on because she is constantly like looking like, oh, I hope he doesn't find out or, oh, this is awkward. Like she's interacting with a totally different person. But she's also looking at like scenes like, huh, who is this? What's going on? Like she is the most suspicious, but yet has no reveal at all. She doesn't add any piece to the equation at all. Besides, Nor nor does Corbin Burnson. Corbin Burnson does not return in the second half of the movie. No, Corbin Burnson does my favorite movie here, and I think it was a, a mixture of two cuts, but when he is reviewing his work, he's sitting at Tom Berenger's desk. He looks at his work, he takes off his glasses, throws them on the desk, gets up and goes, oh, you did good work here. It's like, wait, so were you using Tom Berenger's glasses or are those glasses for such effect that you have to then like, yeah, oh, let me go back behind. and get my glasses now. I have the, pair of I, glasses. <laughs> it's just, they're, they're just punctuation glasses, Physical which is my favorite thing. Every time you see an attractive man in a movie, a leading man wearing glasses, that thing is like, a it is a prop among props. Like, uh, the original Tron, Bruce Boxleitner, like the what what he does with those gla- it, it's glasses, it's like he's who, doing. Uh, who made the wrestler Aronofsky? Yes, mm-hmm. he he said that every day Mickey Rourke would try and wear glasses 
He would pull glasses out of his pocket and try and do business with glasses. And and he would have to stop him and tell wardrobe to not let him have glasses. Because he every day was trying to insert glasses constantly and business with the glasses and the glasses. And it was like a whole, he was like, most of my job on this movie was trying to wrangle glasses out of Mickey Rourke's hands. (laughs) It's so funny to me. It's like, it also like to me feels like, it, it's I, I, I just love I love an attractive man wrestling with glasses. I just I love will it. Say, you know, you're right, Jason, about the feeling of amnesia. And I, I believe that there's no finer actor pl- playing that than Harrison Ford, because mm. what Harrison Ford does. is well, Does he have he, amnesia or does he have a mental Trauma. Well, on regarding no. Henry, he has amnesia. He I has thought he, he, well, he has oh. amnesia from similarly from a from a traumatic event. Oh, oh, oh I thought he I thought he had brain Henry, damage. Well, well, in regarding Henry, he goes into a convenience store and he's oh, yeah. shot during yeah. like a robbery. Yes, and he, he wakes up and is a completely well. He's a different person, but he doesn't remember who he was. Doesn't remember his wife. Doesn't remember his daughter. Yes. The whole movie is about like both remember. He has who retrograde he was and amnesia. A yeah. <laughs> it's a difference. Yeah, but yeah, I, no, I guess, I, of course, I'm not. I'm not. Well, what's I'm just the saying, difference? What are you parsing out here? The difference between oh, like amnesia. No, I'm just going to leave meeting. I know. No, I, I, <laughs> I just was joking that like there's all these different like. He, she, like I'm just saying that like Tom Berenger has uh, has psychogenic amnesia. He has retrograde amnesia. Wait, uh, what is psychogenic amnesia? That's I think remembering how to do everything, but not everybody. Whereas I think. Oh, so he knows how to do. Well, he shouldn't. He doesn't know how to do. Well, now he knows how to do things he, he never whereas does. He knows Harrison how to drive. Ford, he knows yes. how to whatever. Oh, I see where, what you're where Harrison okay. Ford can neither move nor talk. And he has to relearn everything. So he's almost childlike. And so he he's kind of re. Like it's just a slightly different amnesia. That's all. A more intense amnesia. Can we can we call Paul's mom again and get her to really break down amnesia for us? Uh, all right. The symptoms are uh, memory loss of a certain time periods, events, and people, and personal information. A sense of being detached from yourself and your emotions. A perception that the people and things around you are as distorted and unreal. A blurred sense of reality. So that's that makes sense for Tom Berenger's character. Well, I guess my point was like Tom Berenger yeah. as an actor. To me, now I don't really know what Jack was like. So maybe this was an like an Oscar winning performance, but. What I love about Harrison Ford's work is like you get him, you see him coming to terms with like not knowing who he is and what Mm. he is. And it's just so compelling to watch. And it would have been a different movie in Harrison Ford's hands. Well, it's mm. also a different movie. Regarding Henry as a melodrama. That's yes. I mean, said, it's not a mystery kind of... there's a kind blankness of, to yes, Tom Berenger's movie. Yeah. Yes, to the well, performance. Tom Berenger, well, Tom Berenger is almost without... He's kind of like... He has no personality inside of... He's kind of a cipher inside of the movie, even yeah. though his only job is to continue to try and solve the case. He doesn't really have a point we of don't no, yeah, we don't know. Like, we just know that he's in love with his wife, but he's not. He doesn't have the youthful sense or the like. He know it's almost like he knows everything, but who he is. And he doesn't that's have a, a personality. Yeah. Yes, I agree with which that. Which is a hard yeah. thing for the lead character to be kind now, of affect- maybe this affectless. Is, this is, you know what I mean? This is why Bruce Willis turned down the role. 
I the think. thing that's real is this is an era where there's a lot of amnesia in movies in this time. Like, and I couldn't tell you a movie currently that features someone having amnesia. No. You know what I mean? No. Like, it is, it's not a thing. Okay, can it's I just tell you right now? Thing. By the it's way, like it doesn't happen anymore. Amnesia is rare. It affects yes. 1% of men and 2.6% of women in the general population. How many people get amnesia yearly? It says... Uh, Almost there, none, I would yeah, say. 2 to 10 people per 100,000 is that's the number. Oh, well, oh, that, per 100,000, actually. 100, that's 000, more that's than I would have thought. That's a decent amount. Yeah, uh, that's globally. And I'm assuming Still. most, uh, almost all of this, obviously, is is traumatic brain injuries, and you know, some of this, yeah, must people must come back. Mo- mo- most most of them are head and brain injuries, certain drugs, alcohol, traumatic events, and conditions such as Alzheimer's uh, disease. Well, listen, oh, sure. my I remember when my mom was hit by a car, and she had short term memory loss. That was different from amnesia, but she couldn't. She worked at the same school for at that point twenty years. And had the same commute oh, and couldn't God. remember how to get to school. Oh, wow. So it is yeah. very, very, uh, any any head injury. Any head injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, yeah, can cause be. a whole uh, slew of of issues. Yeah. Yeah. And that yes. includes like strokes and anything like that. Sure. You know, um, can really affect, you know, your brain in ways that are, you know, shock- you know, people, people wake up out of strokes with the ability to like speak a language they couldn't speak before. What or about like, uh, you know, Mary, wow. Mary Steenburgen who's able Mary to, Steenburgen. is able to compose music. She sees like music now after she, she yeah. had a, a brain issue. I um, did not know that. Oh yeah. yeah. Pretty amazing. She was, she became like incredibly, incredibly prolific, um, able to play multiple instruments and has like us, like literally a song in her head all the time. Yeah. Oh my God. Something I, like wow. I, I will say that this movie uh, came out three months after Regarding Henry. It is based on oh, a, wow. a That's novel. That's why Harrison Ford probably couldn't do this. <laughs> probably, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, oh, there is a great, uh, the Mike Nichols autobiography is absolutely fantastic. And there's so many great stories, but Mike Nichols directed Regarding Henry. And there's a great story here. He, He's having trouble with this movie, like trying to make it work and, and, and very openly getting frustrated at this film. There's a scene where Harrison Ford is, has people over his house and there's uh, caviar on a tray. And Mike Nichols is like, no, that caviar is not. The, he's too rich to have. He would have better caviar than that. Shut down production, sent his assistant to go get like $10,000 worth of caviar <laughs> to then be brought around the set mainly for the extras because it's not any bit of a plot point. It's just like opening on it's just a prop opening on like wow. a waiter carrying a tray. And it was just sort of like uh, a moment in that that book where like we knew things were a little rough when he shut oh. down production to get the right looking caviar that he spent $10,000 oh. on. Like, talk about the wrong thing to be trying to fix. But this is also that era. And this is what it all feels like, this era of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is, you know, it's like, it's too much. It's too much. And I will say this, uh, this movie is based on a book, uh, a 1969 novel called The Plastic Nightmare, uh, which I think is, I mean, Mm, at the root of it, a great idea. Plastic surgery to take over, you know, uh, someone else's life. I think that that's a great. uh, Oh, it's a great thriller concept, you know. Um, Yeah. Plus amnesia. This has got. All of the ingredients of a great thriller. Um, It's it's just really hard that the central character 
is so um, affectless and emotionless in a, in a lot of ways, you know? Well, obviously we had an opinion about this movie. There are people out there with a different opinion. It is now time for Second Opinions. All right, everybody, these are five-star reviews uh, pulled from Amazon. There are 533 total reviews on Amazon. 71% are five-star reviews. Only 3% are one-star reviews. And these movie reviews are great. Um, From Jeffrey G. Delabare, he writes, I was going to buy it. On 11-4-2018, I love this movie, but I called my buddy Betty June, haha, I wanted to show it to him because he knows it's a snake's name. He thought it was funny that his best friend had the same name as a snake. And then I looked and I said, haha, too much money, I can't afford $10, but for a very old movie I want new, uh, stores will sell old DVDs for $1 or $2 or $3, so I'm just going to buy it there. Oh, boy. Five out of five stars title. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, this okay. one is written by Ann Stern. Ann Stern writes, a suspenseful thriller, surprise ending. Don't watch it in the dark. Better not watch it alone. Enjoy it. A oh. great tale of suspense. Five stars. I, I wouldn't say that this is a movie that you can't watch in the dark. There's nothing scary about this unless you've murdered your husband. And he starts I, to figure out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not like a, like June, you often get afraid of very, like, you know, like, the things that you get afraid of are very specific to the murder that happened. It's not like a Jason uh, Voorhees is running around town willy-nilly murdering. The, the, unless you've done something very wrong, you're pretty much in the clear. Yeah, there's no present danger, really, in this movie. Yeah. Like, are uh, you guys prepared? You know, like, we talk about, like, having, like, being prepared for certain things. Having an earthquake kit. Having, mm-hmm. like, you know, things available to you, you know, um, in case of emergency or whatever. Do you have any kind of amnesia kit? Something that will remind you who you are should you find yourself in the position of having amnesia? And well, is that something that we should have? If June, yeah, I think we should all put together. Uh, I mean, hasn't uh, that been why we're recording this podcast? Yeah. I have a bunch of things in June's amnesia kit to remind her of certain things. Uh, yeah, triggers. Triggers, yeah. So I have, and June, you don't even know about this, but these things will, will bring you. Yeah. I have a, a, a cosplay, a Batman cosplay outfit. I'm going to, if you come back from amnesia, I'm going to create you into <laughs> a super nerd. Um, I'm going to tell you just two more reviews because they're really great. This one's written by BWJ. says, all great actors. The story keeps you on the edge. Not knowing who he is and why is good writing. The Animal Keeper is great in his role. Very good. Shattered. Great movie. Five stars. The but Animal an, Keeper. Animal, animal Keeper. keeper the an, a detective. But well, this one is the one I really want to read from Dr. Jacques Coulardeau. Ooh. Dr. Jacques Coulardeau wrote this in uh, December 16th, 10 days before or, you know, nine days before Christmas, 2005. A thriller based on the loss of memory after a car accident. Banal. The poor man who is trying to know what happened and is feeling something that is not what it should be has it all wrong from the very start and is the prisoner of the real killer who is ready to do anything to keep him. But is the loss of memory hiding the past of the man or the past of the murderer? That is the question. And that is where the plot is as thick as smog till the very last minute or nearly 
there is no hope for you to know the truth. And when you finally know, it becomes so hectic on screen that you don't even have the power or energy to scream. And scream you should. Signed, Dr. Jacques Coulardeau, University of Paris, Dauphine, University of Paris, Pantheon, Sorbonne. Five stars. Wow. It thrills pretty much. Wow. <laughs> Dr. Jacques really... From uh, the Sorbonne. I mean, I know he said it's banal at first, but I guess he really got into it. I mean, that was it. Really? What a ride. And scream, you should. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Should our shirt for this movie just be, who am I? (laughs) 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 I'm not me. Um... Man, oh man, this movie uh, so so good. Uh, you know, it got it. It like I said, people like it. Fifty five on the uh, the audience score on Rotten Tomato. Uh, the budget was twenty two million. The oh, opening wow. weekend, uh, it grossed uh, three point four, and then it made a worldwide gross of eleven point five. The top three movies in ninety one: Terminator Two, Judgment Day, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and Home Alone. This movie came in a hundred and second out of all the movies made in nineteen ninety one. It was beaten by films that we've done in the podcast: Teenage Mutant. Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, Look Who's Talking 2, Hudson Hawk, Highlander 2, Drop Dead Fred, which just came out on uh, Vinegar Syndrome, which is a great website that redoes classic cult films. Check it out if you don't know oh, what cool. that is. They do. Uh, they did. That's how we got a copy of uh, Tammy and T-Rex. Uh, the movie beat mm. Body Parts and Nothing But Trouble, Mannequin 2 on the move, and Cool as Ice. Wow, big year for sequels in 91. All number twos. Yeah. Uh, but that's just a little bit of information there. And the uh, the tagline is, a love he can't forget and a murder he can't remember. Oh. I like it. Nice. Would you recommend the film? I mean, we've talked about this a little bit. I think yeah, yes, across the I, board, right? I mean, there are, I, I mentioned a bunch of other movies that I would watch before this that are this genre but better, but this certainly fits into them, and I, I would say go ahead, watch it. It's it's a it's a lower-tier erotic thriller, you know, uh, but still fun. Yeah, I feel the same. You know, I told, I, I told Jason and Paul, like, I wasn't feeling that well, and this movie did provide some amount of joy and comfort. So I, I I genuinely enjoyed it. And it is, it felt more like, oh, it's nice to watch this movie, like Jason said, so you can watch better movies. They're not, they're also, like, they don't make mid-budget comedies that much anymore, and they don't make thrillers like the same way. This would be a perfect zone for Netflix to get in. Let's re, let's bring back wish. the malices. Let's bring back Ooh. the primal fears. But we also, like, we also don't have, like, ir- eroticism in movies like the erotic thriller we don't have like sex like this in movies anymore this isn't it's not tied up in this kind of stuff like those kind of like we we do movies now that are about like just serial killers or Mm. you know or whatever you know i mean like but this was this was the kind of movie that you would rent at the video store you know so happily Um, i would see this cover and and where people are like making out people are making out on the cover like that's the other thing too is like these movies were about like tongue kissing. But why did kissing. we have to watch it with our families? Because we that's don't. all you did. Everybody watched you when you yeah. rented a movie. Everybody it watched so. it together. Because whether... also your parents are like, "I'm watch all your fucking bullshit." I'm. This is the time for us yeah. to sit back, 
and, God, and, and so. have a little bit of a mystery. This I is mean, June, our time. June, yeah. I know, uh, talking about amnesia, if you're okay telling the story, I do love the story of your mom watching Jason Bourne, another famous uh, person of amnesiac, and what your mom said to your sister. Can you tell it, babe? Because you're yeah. going to remember the exact phrasing. Well, so Jason Bourne is, uh, you know, having sex in that movie, and June's mom turns to her sister and goes, well, he didn't forget that. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it be great wouldn't it be great if jason Bourne, if if, if it's franca potentate i think is is starts to have sex with him and he goes what are you doing what is this what's happening what, what, what are you doing <laughs> uh, he didn't forget that um jason june uh i want to remind everybody that we uh continue this conversation on how did this get made last looks where you get to weigh in on all the things that we might have missed you might have been able to clarify some points that we have some issues with here uh maybe you have some information about the pet store they shot in because uh we are really getting into deep dives uh from dancing it's on we got a lot of information about that movie. Uh, there is amazing uh, wealth of red carpet footage from Dancing It's On, uh, so you get to watch everybody talk about wow. their experiences in the film. But uh, So tune into that. Uh, also, Jason and I are often on there talking about what we like in a little segment called Quar Chat. But besides that, uh, June, uh, what, you want to plug anything? Um, well, I've already talked about Dateline, but, um, <laughs> but it really is... Um, it's a nice podcast to listen to. <laughs> it just is. It just is. It's really oh nice. My it's an, it must be, because I, I don't know if you guys feel this way about podcasts that you listen to. It must be nice to listen to a podcast that you hope to never be a guest on. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, yeah. You know, um, and I don't. I also, like, I'm weirded out by the true crime community. Mm -hmm. And the sort of exploitation of victims. So please know that I, there obviously are victims of horrific crimes on, on this show. But for some of us, it is, um, their stories are, are cautionary tales. And you get to like really hear about red flags and really look at your partner and ask wow. some questions. Uh, okay. <laughs> Even on Zoom, that was uncomfortable. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, interesting. Again, uh, the number of you want to call. Uh, <laughs> Jason, um, anything you want to promote? Um, I will I will mention I was on uh, Jason Concepcion's uh, podcast X-Ray Vision recently just talking about comic books, oh, fun. Um, which was a blast talking about lots of great stuff. And I'll just throw out a recommendation to people uh, because we talked about um, their wonderful book, uh, Mr. Miracle. But Tom King, oh, Mitch yeah. Garrods, who did our How Did This Get Made tour, uh, tour poster and uh, Evan uh, Doc Shaner have done uh, uh, another book called Strange Adventures that's just now completed and is in hardcover so you can get that and it is a fantastic uh, comic series and then I'll just also mention Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples Saga is back finally with new issues so if you want to catch up on that it is maybe one of the best com ongoing comics uh, uh, in the moment so it's I incredible. agree with that 100% uh, 
I have nothing of note, I think, to promote, but I would like to tell everybody that we are doing live shows. That's right. We are doing live oh, yeah. shows. Uh, April 14th is the next show. We've just added a brand new one, so see if you can get tickets for that. Two shows back-to-back, and uh, stay tuned for at some- At Largo. Uh, at Largo. Yes, thank you. At Largo in Los Angeles, and we have some more shows coming up, uh, hopefully soon, so check out HDTGM.com, and remember, if you want to call in, have your voice heard on Last Looks, you want to ask uh, me a question about your life, or Cody, or, or, or Devin, or Molly, you can do that at 619-P-A-U-L-A-S-K, or you could just talk about this movie. Uh, I can't wait to uh, to get back to these live shows, and we will see everybody who's coming out to our first live show this month at Largo in just a little bit. All right, so a big thank you to our super producer, uh, Cody Fisher, our engineer, uh, Devin Bryant, our other producer, Molly, our movie-picking producer, Avril Halley, and, of course, all the amazing people that do the artwork for the show. That is the ghost of Craig T., Nelson on Instagram. That's Zach McAleese. And of course, Kyle Waldron. You see all their work on our Facebook and Instagram pages. And speaking of that, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, all the different places uh, all the time because that's, you know, we are social people. We love it. Uh, A big thank you to our publisher, uh, July Diaz, who does an amazing job at making sure this episode gets out and gets into your ears right on time and not like those episodes that you don't get like on Dateline that June mentioned. <laughs> they're, uh, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. And of course, OH Tech T Public where we have our shirts and uh, available and right now we are running a special promotion. Uh, all benefits to our shirt from Dancing It's On goes to benefit uh, Ukrainian relief funds and that's pretty amazing that T Public is doing that and we uh, were very happy to uh, do that as well. So we'll see you next week on Last Looks. Bye for now. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply.